morning, everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. It's Wednesday, so we're going to break down a lot of the latest news stories. We've got Tua Tungavaiola's future with the Miami Dolphins. Tyler Higby officially has torn his ACL from the hit he took in the playoff game. Jim Harbaugh has some updates with a new team he's been interviewing with, as well as some other coaching updates from around the league. Plenty of other news stories will be coming up as well, so go ahead, take out your coffee, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. All right, everyone, welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. Glad to see you all here in the chat on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. Good morning to you, the Harry Snowman. Pleasure to see you this morning. We're going to start things off with some playoff stories. Uh, as we know, we're right in the middle of the playoffs, and uh, there are a few more stories that have come out surrounding the wild card weekend that I thought would be fun to share. First off, this is hilarious. Uh, and goes to show that maybe it is best sometimes to be a procrastinator as the Jacksonville Jaguars scheduled an email during the regular season to go out to their season ticket holders, asking them about their experience in the wild card round. If you were a Jaguar season ticket holder, you were treated to an email that yesterday morning that asked, how was your experience at our stadium during wild card weekend? hilarious that that email still went out given that the Jaguars ended up not making the playoffs it just goes to show maybe it's not the best to get ahead of things and schedule out your emails for the future as I can't even imagine being a Jaguars fan getting that email having the salt poured into the wound that you didn't even make the playoffs and yet uh yet the team still thinks they did sending out an email asking you how your experience in the wild card game was so that's what's going on over in Duval County asking people how their experience was in the wild card round let's go Jaguars let's go and yes hire human I I'm I'm a victim of this I've always said Jaguars I don't know why I just do it's just what comes out of my mouth when I say it uh and I'm sorry everyone's always made fun of me for it but it is what it is such is life Jaguars uh, here we go. Next uh, playoff story that we have for you guys is, again, every every episode this week has at some point shat on the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, but Kyle Shanahan came out and said that they started planning for the Packers in the middle of the second quarter of the Packers-Cowboys game. Now, at that point, the middle of the second quarter was only like 14-0. to zero, But I am sure that Shanahan has watched the Cowboys collapse enough in the playoffs to know that, no, nope, that's what it was trending towards. The Packers were definitely going to win the game. And I find it hilarious that they already started game planning in the middle of the second quarter of a playoff game. Just absolutely no faith in the Dallas Cowboys that they could turn it around and started prepping for Jordan Love and the rest of the Packers. So 49ers getting ready for their playoff match. They should totally beat the Packers, but would not be surprised again if this game ended up being close. I mean, those Packers, they are just playing good football right now. Another playoff story from this weekend is a lot of uh, reports have been coming out about how many people were injured uh, at the Kansas City-Miami game. As we know, it was very, very cold. It was like negative 7, probably felt like negative 20 out there, and probably even colder. Just an absolutely freezing game. Uh, and actually, the Kansas City Fire Department has reported that they rendered aid to at least 69 people in the game. Lots of frostbite, lots of uh, hypothermia, lots of just frozen people. So hopefully those people are all okay. I've not seen any like reports of deaths or like severe injuries or anything and that people did get the aid they needed, but still scary stuff 
uh, for the fans of these games. Wish them all the best. And hopefully, you know, the NFL could kind of learn from this, maybe give out like hand warmers or something to these cold games. I don't know. But there's got to be some sort of answer for making fans sit through these games. I know they pay for the tickets, but still, when it's that cold, I feel like there's got to be some sort of protection in place for the people enjoying the games. But I also understand it's a slippery slope. So we'll see what the NFL does about it, if anything. But either way, shout out to the Kansas City Fire Department for getting things sorted with the cold fans. Uh, as mentioned at the beginning of the show, Tyler Higby, he did officially tear his ACL from that hit that Kirby Joseph gave him. Very dirty hit, super low, hit him right in the knee. It, I mean, I, I think all of us kind of knew when we saw the hit that that was going to be a torn ACL. So uh, thoughts go out to Tyler Higby. Hopefully he can recover soon. The big question here is, is there anyone else to pick up going into next season? What's kind of the story here with Tyler Higby? Well, it's important to note that Tyler Higby is under contract through 2025. So he's under contract in 2024 and under contract in next season as well, 2025. So the answer is Tyler Higby just has to heal. He will still be the starting tight end for the Rams next season uh, and will probably be good to go by the time the season rolls around, maybe a couple weeks into the year. But either way, he'll be there and still the starter this season unless they choose to draft someone. So still just hold on to your Higby. Just kind of sucks he got injured. Uh, let's see. Baker Mayfield, another playoff story. This is fun. As we know, Baker Mayfield won his game as the Buccaneers. Well, guess what, guys? In his contract, he is actually entitled to $250,000 for every playoff victory he has. So look for Baker Mayfield to continue shredding in the playoffs. We know he was the first Buccaneer in history to have 300 yards and three touchdowns without an interception in a playoff game. And I hope that he can keep the pace going. Uh, and, you know, it's just cool to see players getting 250K for a little bit win, get these extra victories, extra contract uh, bonuses for Baker Mayfield, wishing him the best in these playoffs. Hopefully he can win some more money. And lastly, guys, on this year's playoffs, Reddit post. I found a Reddit post. This is just funny. This is just funny. Just funny. Uh, Go Huskies 1991 posted about the curse of Kirk Cousins. And I've not heard of this before. I don't know if you guys have, but there is a curse of Kirk Cousins and no team uh, that has lost to Kirk Cousins in the regular season has ended up making it to the Super Bowl that same season. So if you look at the NFC teams left, the 49ers and the Packers have both lost to the Vikings this year. Meaning that if the curse of Kirk Cousins is going to continue, we will see one of the Detroit Lions or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this year's Super Bowl. Uh, so, I mean, obviously just a funny little stat that has been pulled out, not meaningful in any true way, but definitely fun to point out the curse of Kirk Cousins. Will be cool to see how it develops. We, of course, have the Lions and Buccaneers playing this weekend. So, hey, if you want to throw a fun bet that maybe the Buccaneers or the Lions will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, I'm sure that these are some decent odds uh, for those teams if you want to bet on the Kirk Cousins curse. Now, don't bet a lot of money, you know, just throw like five, 10 bucks on it, see what could happen, you know, be responsible here. But why not have some fun with the curse of Kirk Cousins? And lastly, as Harris Snowman points out in the chat, uh, Christian McCaffrey is healthy and is the curse breaker. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Uh, you know, the only 49ers running back in recent memory that didn't get injured as a 49ers running back. He is definitely a curse breaker. So we will see what happens there. But either way, that's the curse of Kirk Cousins. Next thing we have for you guys. Actually, I see some good comments here. I see some good comments here. Ryan says that people just need to show up to the games. 
uh, prepared for the weather. This is true. If you can afford tickets to the game, you can afford to buy proper cold weather gear. This is definitely true. But I mean, let's be honest here, guys. I mean, just because you're bundled up doesn't mean it's extremely cold just sitting there watching the game. Uh, in Atlanta right now, believe it or not, guys, it is 15 degrees outside. It is freezing. My heater broke this morning, so I'm sitting here cold. I've got two turtlenecks on and and a blanket. Uh, so I don't, and you know, I'm still cold. So I'm sure even if these people showed up to these games super decked out, they were still sitting there freezing. But Gerard does point out, or Jared, sorry if I said it wrong, uh, the Arrowhead did have warming stations, uh, which is pretty cool. I did not know that, so that is cool to know that they had some warming stations around the stadium. Cool. So some coaching updates for you guys. Uh, as we talked about a little bit yesterday, we are not truly entertaining Jim Harbaugh rumors, but we're at least going to talk about them. And now after interviewing with the Chargers yesterday or two days ago, he's interviewed with the Falcons yesterday. Falcons still out there interviewing head coaches, not just Bill Belichick, and have now interviewed another hot candidate here in Jim Harbaugh. And Jim Harbaugh, I believe, is also scheduled to interview with a few other teams as well, kind of making his rounds. He's also still negotiating his contract with Michigan. I'm hoping that this is just a leverage play that he's interviewing with the NFL. So Michigan will kind of cave to some of his demands. Again, guys, at the beginning of all of this, I said I don't want to entertain Jim Harbaugh rumors at all. He always does this and never goes to the NFL. However, this year does seem to be a little bit different with the sanctions he's facing, as well as the contract situation in Michigan, as well as the potential that's out there. There are still a lot of things pointing to him going to the NFL that we will at least talk about it. But still, the wake-a-take opinion still remains that Jim Harbaugh should and probably will return to Michigan, as that just makes more sense to me. He's a guy that went to Michigan. It's his alma mater has been building out this team with recruits and coaching staffs, finally wins the national championship. I think he has a chance to establish himself as an all-time great for that school. And I just can't imagine passing up that opportunity as a guy that went there and played there. I think he meet, he loves Michigan. Like he just does. And so I don't see or understand a reason for him to leave. Uh, and so that's the way can take opinion. However, again, he did interview with the Falcons yesterday. Still some potential he will join the NFL. Another coaching update, Nick Sirianni, the Eagles head coach. As we know, he's been under fire the last few weeks as the Eagles collapse towards the end of the season. It is starting to become more and more apparent that Nick Sirianni is not a good head coach and that it was a lot of Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen that were responsible for the Eagles uh, doing so well last year those coordinators did a fantastic job and of course the players did as well but a lot of it's going to fall on those coordinators as they've completely collapsed without them well Nick Sirianni is meeting with the Eagles owner today so we will have something to report tomorrow whether it be a new contract whether it be him leaving whether it be him whatever right so tune in to wake and take tomorrow 10 a.m eastern on the player profile YouTube Facebook and Instagram as we break down what goes on with Sirianni but just wanted to keep you guys updated on that today that he will be meeting with ownership uh Antonio Pierce for the Raiders thank god this is the case we've been talking about it I mean honestly since the first week he was brought in as the interim head coach he is now becoming the favorite to land the head coaching job for the Raiders I love it as you guys know I've said it a bazillion times on this show I think more interim coaches deserve the chance to become the head coach, especially ones that do a good job. I have no idea how Steve Wilkes wasn't in the running for the Panthers last year. I have no idea why Rich, Rick, whatever the guy's last name was for the Raiders a couple seasons ago when he led them to the playoffs. No idea why he didn't get a chance. 
time and time again, we see this. And I'm really glad that the Raiders are giving Antonio Pierce a true chance here to be the head coach. And it's looking like it's going to happen. We've had a lot of support from Raiders players, especially Max Crosby, who said he would request a trade if they did not bring back Antonio Pierce. It is becoming more and more apparent that they will bring him back. And I just think it's a great move. He did a lot with very little on this team and clearly knows how to motivate his players, which to me is the most important tool to have as a head coach. So Antonio Pierce looking like he'll be returning to Vegas. And lastly, the final coaching update I have for you guys. We will know for sure more later this week, maybe next week. But Mike Tomlin did tell the Steelers reportedly, privately, uh, that the rumors of him leaving the Pittsburgh Steelers are not founded and that he will be coaching the team still in 2024. This makes sense. I honestly don't know where all these rumors came from that Mike Tomlin will be leaving the Steelers. He's done so much for that franchise and is clearly one of the best head coaches in the league. I mean, for them to make the playoffs with Ben Roethlisberger's noodle arm, for them to make the playoffs this year with three different quarterbacks playing, it says a lot about what he can do. And so I don't, understand any reason why people thought he would leave why the Steelers would get rid of him and I'm glad to see that you know it's starting to trend towards him definitely coaching their next season and probably the foreseeable future so that's the head coaching updates we also had some offensive coordinators and more get fired yesterday first off the Browns fired their offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt their running back coach Stump Mitchell and their tight end coach T.C. McCartney this all honestly comes as a surprise as their offense was not bad and uh, especially their running backs and tight ends were phenomenal. So Stump Mitchell and T.C. McCartney have done a good job at their job and I'm not quite sure why they were fired. We saw David Njoku have the best season of his career. We saw Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt look good in the absence of Nick Chubb and I mean they didn't have Nick Chubb so how can you fire the running back coach? Uh, and then also to the offensive coordinator, I mean, they had, were 10th in points for this year. I mean, the Browns' offense looked pretty good, especially with Joe Flacco coming out there and slinging it. So I honestly don't understand this move at all. Uh, and I would be a little bit uh, hesitant to trust these Browns going forward. I mean, the, I mean, a lot of it is Stefanski. I do understand that. Like, not much is going to change. But still, the running backs have been such a big part of the Cleveland Browns, and they're getting rid of the running back coach. Uh, so I, so I, I, I don't know. It's a little strange. And kind of so is the next one, but less strange. The Saints fired their offensive coordinator, Pete Carmichael. This is a little bit more understanding as the Saints offense, while they did end up performing well, they were actually ninth in points for and 14th in yards for and top 12 in both passing yards and touchdowns. Something about the Saints offense this year, while they performed decently, didn't quite look right it, it just didn't ever feel right it didn't look right it didn't sound right nothing was right about it and so I do understand this move a bit more so the Saints will be looking for a new offensive coordinator uh, which probably just means good things as it was a pretty conservative offense I'm curious to see what could happen if they bring in someone maybe a little less gun shy than Pete Carmichael let Derek Carr sling it a bit more get Chris Olave more involved definitely got to get Alvin Kamara more involved and just move on from Taysom Hill guys my god uh, but either way, Pete Carmichael for the Saints, offensive coordinator fired, and Browns have fired their offensive coordinator, running back coach, and tight end coach. So look for those positions to be filled this offseason. See a few comments here before we move on. Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> Chase has a good point about Mike Tomlin. He overachieves with a bad roster and underachieves with a great one. This is true. 
this is true. Um, yeah, it is true. But still, I mean, overachieving with a bad roster makes you a good head coach, in my opinion. Uh, he also says that the Browns want a philosophy change. They realize they can't keep up if their defense falters and it puts the defense in bad spots from time to time. I guess this is true, but again, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. It, it just, it was, it was working fine. They just made the playoffs and, uh, I mean, things were going to get better with Nick Chubb returning next season. So it doesn't make much sense to me. However, Jamie makes the best point probably in YouTube comment history. Have we ever trusted the Browns the past 25 years? It is no surprise the Browns changed coaching staff. And this is the best way to sum it up. Their ownership and everything really in general, they have no idea how to run an organization out in Cleveland. And they will just continue to make mistake after mistake after mistake. Great point, Jamie. Let's move on to a couple more news stories. I've got some fun ones for you guys, but we'll start with the least fun one. Leonard Fournette's career is over. Leonard Fournette has been released by the Buffalo Bills, uh, really just dropped from the practice squad. I think he was elevated one time uh, and did really nothing with it. So Leonard Fournette will not be a part of the Buffalo Bills playoff run and is probably done for in general. As we know, no team took a chance on him this season. Uh, except for the Bills, uh, and he just continuously waited and waited and waited before signing somewhere, trying out for team after team after team, and just ultimately never found a spot uh, that says to me he has lost it. Leonard Fournette probably out of the league. I'm sure he'll try again next season to be a free agent, but it's going to be hard to bet on him at all. Uh, I'm not sure if he stayed in game shape either. I'm sure he has given he was on the practice squad, uh, but either way, nothing more this season and probably nothing more in general. Leonard Fournette hanging it up, probably. Next, we have Tua Tonga Viola. Uh, we know that his contract is only uh, one more year. So he only has one more year under his contract in Miami. But the general manager, Chris Greer, did come out and say that the plan is to have him around long term and that they have had internal discussions with Tua, with the people responsible for contracts and all that stuff. So it's looking like Tua will be uh extended uh so so look for that to happen either this offseason or maybe in the middle of the season i don't know i mean the nfl franchises can can tackle this so many ways but either way it seems it is trending towards the dolphins wanting to of their long term keeping him in miami as long as they can which is good things for him uh and really just the whole offense i mean while there's still a lot to be desired in his game he has operated the offense in a pretty good way and I guess, you know, the question still remains how much of it is Tyreek Hill and all that stuff. But still, he's done a really good job. And I think he'd be good even without Tyreek Hill. So Tua staying in Miami probably for a long time. And the last story I have for you guys coming out of left field. We rarely get stories from Europe, but we're doing it today. A rugby star, or at least supposedly a star. I have no idea how to read rugby stats, but the articles I saw called him a star. So we're going to say it. Uh, they've said he scored, or I don't even know if it's a score. He's gotten some tries, which I think is like their equivalent of a touchdown. Uh, and he's one of like the youngest uh, rugby players to just to, to have a try, whatever that means. Uh, but either way, this guy's name is Louis Reese Zamet. I hope I said that per, uh, correctly. I probably did it. He's a Welsh rugby star. So, you know what, given he's Welsh, I almost definitely didn't say the, his name right. Uh, but either way, this guy is retiring from rugby and has entered the NFL's international player pathway. Why do I want to mention this guy? Well, he's really athletic, guys. He is really athletic. And if he's coming from rugby, he's a strong guy, too. And I could see this guy actually making some noise 
depending on a bunch of other stuff. I mean, we've got to see a lot how this develops, but hey, we're in the middle of the offseason here. Why not talk a fun story? So let's talk about Louis Reese Zamet. Uh, first off, he made Wales World Cup team in 2020. He was 19 years old, so shout out to him, the World Cup rugby team for Wales. They're not that competitive, but still he did that. And he's only 22 years old now at 6'3", 194 pounds. So he's a very prototypical NFL player at that size. And to bring it all home, he has been clocked at 24.2 miles per hour during live action rugby game. Uh, which is two miles per hour faster than the fastest NFL speed recorded this season. That was DK Metcalf, who ran 22.23 miles per hour. So this guy, 6'3", 194 pounds, has the potential to also be one of the fastest players in the NFL, given his international player pathway goes well. I have no idea what this process looks like, uh, but I know that we have seen some international players do well at the NFL level. Most recently, I can think of Jay Ajayi, who had that 200-yard game years back. He was from England, uh, and I'm sure there are a bunch of other examples that I'm skipping over. But either way, Welsh rugby star Louis Rees Zamet has joined the NFL's international player pathway. He has prototypical size and looks to be extremely, extremely fast and also strong since he's a rugby player. So guys... This is going to be the wake-and-take guy that we watch all offseason. We're just going to keep our eye on this Louis Reese Zamet guy just to see what happens. Just to see what happens. I don't know. I don't know. Seemed cool. Seemed cool to talk about. So that is all the news I have for you guys regarding the NFL. Let's go check into the chat about some comments. Let's see. Uh, Baker escaped Cleveland. This is very true. Um, let's see. Uh Ryan says, I have a try every day. Yeah, I have no idea what a try is. I have literally no idea what a try is. Um, let's see. Louis is going to be the next tush push extremist. And we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. That'd be funny if he's a tush push guy. I, there was no information about what position he wants to play. I'm assuming wide receiver, given 6'3, 194 pounds and fast. But I mean, given also 6'3, 200 pounds, maybe add some weight, try to be like a tight end uh, since he's a rugby player. I don't really know. Not imagining he'll be a running back. I think he'll be a wide receiver, but I i mean, I really have no idea. There's no information out there about what he wants to do. Just that he's ready to try uh, to play some NFL football. So we'll see. Luis Reese Zanet. Keep our eyes on him. Chase makes a good point. He'll probably play special teams. And Ryan, he is 22 years old. So 22 years old, 6'3", 200 pounds, and runs 24 miles per hour, two miles per hour faster than the fastest speed re uh, recorded for the NFL this season. Uh, but yeah, there we go. That is today's news. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Wake and Take. I will see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern on the Player Profiler YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe to Player Profiler before you guys get out of here. Have a wonderful Wednesday and a fantastic rest of your week. Peace.